future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Can you believe it? It is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. Happy New Year. I don't know if I should be saying that with an exclamation point or if I should be saying it with uh, a question mark. Uh, I don't know at this point. But regardless, welcome to another year of Out the Coop Podcast, Raging Chickens Out the Coop Podcast. Uh, <clears throat> this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. On Out to Coop Live, we talk to progressives, activists, and troublemakers of all sorts, right from our own backyard and from across the country. On Fridays, of course, and this will be uh, this Friday will be our first Friday show of the new year. Sean Kitchen and I will be breaking down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. <clears throat> and Wednesday this week, I believe uh, Wednesday this week. I believe uh, Cyril and I will be back again, um, so I'm thrilled about that. Hey, Emily. Welcome, welcome. Happy New Year, Emily. Uh, Emily is always great. I always know like this show has officially started when Emily has joined. <laughs> so, Happy New Year, Emily. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, hopefully the Wednesday show with Cyril Michaleko, uh will be back uh, this week. Um, <clears throat> Cyril, of course, is a progressive columnist from the Bucks County Courier Times, the Intelligencer. He joins me to drill down into Bucks County, Pennsylvania, international politics. And uh, you can get all our shows by subscribing to our podcast on Podbeans, iTunes, Spotify, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Just head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress and you can become a patron for as little as five dollars a month. Tell your friends. You say, we're looking to kind of burn a little hole in their pocket in the new year. Have them shoot us uh, a membership over at patreon.com slash rcpress for as little as five bucks a month. You can also help out the show by heading on over to our YouTube page if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for the show, and hit that notification bell every time we go live. You can also join our Discord server, which we're going to try, try to do, doing a bunch more in the new year with. Um, fingers crossed on that one. And for more PA Progressive Talk, you can tune in to Rick Smith Show's live stream, 9 p.m. Eastern every night. Um, head on over to his podcast. Uh, subscribe to the Rick Smith Show podcast. But look, best thing you can do at this point is head on over to the ricksmithshow.com. And for the latest across all his platforms, uh, we know he's getting a daily show up and running. I'm not sure if it's up and running now. A daily show that is going to be broadcast nationwide <clears throat> um, in addition to his regular show. I mean, it's like this just just amazing stuff happening over the Rick Smith Show. You look for the best in kind of like, you know, the voice of the working class right here. Rick Smith Show's uh, <clears throat> got to check him out. Go to the ricksmithshow.com for all the latest. <clears throat> and you got to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast, if you haven't already, the amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast. Rock the house. And they know where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus and subscribe to their podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get their podcast. Attention gamers. Yes, 
The Game Inn, that's with two N's. The Game Inn is a Quakertown-based, black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show, and they've got everything from Retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms. And look, Funko Pops, action figures, you just got to check them out. Um, check them out on their Facebook page at The Game Inn. Follow them on Twitter at, at The Game Inn. Got a question about a game, looking for something hard to get? Shoot them an email or drop them an email. Or shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegameinpa at gmail.com. A special shout-out goes to, once again, as always, to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at at SongAdayMan. That's at SongAdayMan on Twitter. Well, uh, welcome, everybody. Um, on today's show, well, you know, um, I, was, I wasn't I was sure what we are going to do for today's show. Um, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a today's show. Um, but you know what? I decided, you know, it's, it's the new year. I can't, like not be here and i started you know sitting there and thinking like yeah you know what i'm just gonna drop in and see how everybody's doing tonight and uh, start off the new year right um the reason why i wasn't sure if we we're gonna do a show today was because it is of course not only is it the new year right um but it was the first day back to school <clears throat> for my kids and not just my kids but kids across pennsylvania across the country really and um it's been it's pretty crazy out there. Um, I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods, but um, here in uh, Bucks County, PA, um, where you have uh, masks, optional schools, um, you have, you know, COVID running rampant. You know, I, I, I got to say, is it in my kind of circle of friends? And kind of extended circle of friends, you know, like my, my, uh, you know, my neighbors, my, uh, my, my kids, like friends, parents, and you know that 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 kind of stuff. People you're kind of interacting with on a relative basis, um, all throughout the first wave of COVID, and all throughout the uh, Delta wave of COVID, um, we've all remain for most all i won't say all of everybody but you know have remained covid free right um and have been doing the right thing we getting the vaccines have been uh masking up and all that stuff um my kids have gone to school and they wear masks you know um most of the time um there's a couple times i know that you know my my kids have said oh you know i had my mask off for a little bit while today and they were nervous about it. but you know we talk about it we talk about it openly it's not like a you know a shame thing it's about like how do we best protect ourselves and all this kind of stuff and they're kind of nervous about covid too as well um but this latest wave you know this omicron variant um i there's i have not known so many people who've had covid as i do right now um it, it it's really incredible Right. Um, and it's and these are people like for the most part who have been doing the right thing. Um, there's a couple people I know that um, didn't get the booster yet. Um, um, I've had some like family members, um, some who have had the booster, some who have not had the booster. Um, you know, these are like on my in-laws side, on my side of the family. And you find out people are just getting this are getting COVID. Um most of them, at least the people that I'm in direct contact with, have had the vaccine. So um, they're not, you know, in the hospital at this point. Um, but some of them, you know, uh, were still waiting to get the booster or just hadn't gotten around to it yet. Usually it was just kind of things got busy and that kind of thing. You know how it is. 
And now they've, you know, got COVID or their kids have got COVID or their, you know, uh, their, their, their brothers and sisters have got COVID, whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, we're in a school district where masks are optional. So we don't know what to, um, we don't know what to do. You know, I mean, we don't know kind of what's going to do here. And Emily just kind of jumped in. Her, her husband was supposed to get the booster on 1228, but got COVID instead. I mean, there you go. And, you know, and these are, we're talking about people who, who have been extraordinarily responsible throughout the, the whole, you know, this whole epidemic. And this Omicron variant is so incredibly transmissible, right? Now, the thing is, right? Yes, it's true. As we hear about this is that it's, it is proven to be, um, or it is proving, let me put it like that. I'm not, I don't mean to say this is the, the study show. That's not what I'm saying here. But as, as we've been told, it's proving to be um, less severe for people who have been vaccinated um, than, um, <coughs> than Delta, certainly. Um, sorry, that's not <clears throat> COVID, I'm hoping. That's just, I got a little something stuck in my throat. <clears throat> um, it's pr it's proving less severe in terms of like hospitalizations and things like that. But a lot of that is due to the, the number of people who've gotten the vac who've been vaccinated and boosted, um, who have been doing the things like you know wearing masks and so on. Um, but the sheer numbers are it just you know it's it's it's, it's unbelievable, right? I mean the numbers are just off the freaking charts, right? Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I was, well, I was going to go and kind of look this up at this point. Um, let's see how many, uh, how many came in today. Um, live COVID F updates. Uh, the Omicron spread is crazy. I mean, it's like what? I mean, if you look at, I mean, God, you look at these numbers and uh, they're just, you know, we just see it just shoot up in, in December. I mean, straight up. I mean, you're over talking about like more than, I don't know, 300 per 300 cases per 100,000 per day, all upwards of 400,000, 400, um, looking like. Um, I don't have the exact numbers for today. Let's, oh, here we go. New cases, uh, average on January 2nd, which was yesterday. New cases, one day cases, 405,470 cases of COVID. That is uh, um, plus 204% over, uh, that's the 14 day um, um, change. Right. Um, that's just it's crazy. And if you look at the maps that, you know, on uh, New York Times tracks the you know the daily covid stuff, <clears throat> it's all, you know, the United States is is especially the northeast is just like dark, dark red and purple, meaning that, you know, we're in extreme, you know, extreme cases. And it's just, you know, it's going to make its way across the country just like everything else. And. Um, of course, there, you know, part of the concern we have as parents is that uh, we're seeing hospitalization of kids um, <clears throat> in the higher rates than ever before. And I got to say, some of the news reporting on this has been has been really frustrating to me um, because, you know, it's it, I'm de I was determined tonight when we came on when I came on tonight to not to just try to launch into this uh, this detailed media critique of the way that um, <clears throat> COVID is being being discussed. But, um, and, and I'm still not going to do that, but it just leads to say, I, was, I listened to say, for example, New York Times, the daily podcast, I listened to it this morning because they had, uh, or yesterday morning, no, this morning, <clears throat> because they had a, uh, <clears throat> it was focused on, on COVID. And there seems to be such this push to want to not, 
talk about how bad this is <clears throat> and wanting to look kind of, you know, look for the silver linings. They use that language uh, all the time. I mean, I heard on NPR this morning, they talk about silver linings. I listened to uh, the, the New York Times uh, podcast and they're talking the science of COVID, the silver linings. You see all the silver lines. People want to look for the bright part. Right. <clears throat> well, there's not as many old people. In it. Yeah, because well, a lot of old people have been vaccinated. The reason why that we have so many kids that are in the um, are going into the hospital now is because you have fewer kids. You have fewer um, you have kids that are vaccinated. <clears throat> right. I mean, it's 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 simple. Plus, you have the loosening up of um, uh, of, you know, mask requirements and um, and social distancing and all this kind of stuff happening in schools. So this is the broad based experiment. Right. <clears throat> We're going to see more. Um, it's just the way it's going to be. And I think that, you know, we've <clears throat> we've settled on that, I guess. And it's I, and I, you know, I, I put up this. I posted this thing yesterday. It's like, you know, I was just like, uh, we're, we're, we're in a really damaged society. <clears throat> I mean, culturally, socially, um, we're in a really damaged society <clears throat> that, you know, we're approaching like, <clears throat> forget where exactly the death number is today, but we're approaching 900,000 people um, dying from COVID in this country alone. <clears throat> and the projections are that we see over a million because yes, it is true that while this Omicron variant is super transmissible and super contagious, um, it's not having not the highest rates of hospitalization. But you, once you start doing the math, you start realizing like, okay, well, instead of, you know, whatever, I'm just going to make up numbers here. Instead of 10% of the people getting um, hospitalized, you're going to have 2% of the people getting hospitalized, right? Okay, that's fine. But if you're talking about something that is like five times more transmissible or seven times or eight times more transmissible, that means the sheer numbers of people that are contracting COVID, right, is going to push those hospitalization numbers up just by the number of people, right? So if you have, you know, one out of every 20 people or, you know, one of every 20 people getting uh, <clears throat> um, hospitalized. Um, <clears throat> let's say you have one every 100 person, uh, or one out of every 20 people that gets hospitalized with Delta, right? But then, and but it's not that transmissible. But you have one every 100 that gets hospitalized with Omicron, right? So, okay, that's, that's better. But if you have a significant number of people, right? So if, instead of, say, 20 people getting covid today you got 100 people you're still one to one right <laughs> you see what i'm saying if more people are getting it you're still gonna get it so the numbers are gonna go up right and that's the kind of the projections and right now is that you were seeing the northeast get hit really hard which happens to have higher rates of vaccination than some other areas of the country so then you gotta wonder what's gonna happen when this runs rampant throughout those areas of the country who, have, who are just starting to really, you know, hasn't peaked yet, but it's kind of starting to ramp up when it hits those areas where you have all the kind of, you know, hardcore COVID deniers and anti-vaxxers and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> you know, Trump land, basically, what happens to those folks? What happens, happens to hospitalization rates at that point? Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm going to go ahead with this. Um, <clears throat> so 
so there was that kind of stuff. And I, I you know, I don't, I don't mean to start on such a kind of downer here, but just, you know, this is going to be one of the things that I think we're going to have to reckon with for a long period of time. And I've been thinking a lot about this over, you know, our kind of <clears throat> holiday break, as it were, is, you know, here at Raging Chicken and Out the Good Podcast is we focus a lot, we're focused on the fight, right? I mean, we're focused on what's happening politically. We're focused what's happening at the state and the national level. We're looking at organizations that are kind of fighting for a better world, all that kind of stuff, right? And so you're in the kind of... I, I always think of it as our goal to say, you know, we want to focus on the fight, right? The hand-to-hand combat, if you will, but then provide some kind of context, right? Put it in some kind of context and then talk about trajectories, right? And thinking about how we think about this stuff and how we should kind of understand what's going on, right? And to you know, to highlight those things that we think are not getting highlighted enough, right? That kind of stuff. Um, this stuff, what what's happened during COVID is it's kind of a, of a little bit of a different order, right? Because we're, we're talking about the erosion of a social fabric, Right. That um, where 850, 900,000 people is an acceptable loss. Right. I mean, that's just really remarkable. Right. I mean, we just kind of like. It's those kind of things you ask yourself. The question is like, well, what would I do or what would, you know, would the United States, right? You know, I can think of like, you know, five years ago, would, you know, would it be acceptable in the United States? Would it be acceptable to just let 900,000 people die? You know, some people would be like, yeah, but most people are like, no, that would be, oh my God, do you know, we wouldn't be acceptable. We wouldn't accept that bargain. Well, we have, right? We have. And, and I know I'm using like the imperial we there, like, you know, like, like I know that there's, tons of folks out there kind of like trying our you know our darndest to try to to stop this to try to fight back to try to raise awareness to try to organize and all this kind of stuff but you know and there's this piece in um the new republic by uh melody schreiber that says america quits the fight against covid and uh now just kind of <clears throat> Well, no, I'm not going to read it. <clears throat> I'm not going to read. I, I read it earlier, and I'm not going to go re- kind of read it out loud to you. Um, uh, Brian says, and there's there's longer COVID on top of the infections, to which my knowledge there isn't a lot of research on info on exactly. So the long COVID stuff, and this is what I worry about with my kids, especially, right? So even once you have, you know, I, I like I do know some people who've got COVID a while back and still are not kind of 100 percent yet. Still have the fatigue. Still have kind of a, a bunch of other symptoms. Have dizziness. Have losing balance. A whole bunch of stuff like this, right? what's going to be that long-term impact? I don't know. I don't think any of us know right now. There's exactly as Brian said, there hasn't been a lot of research on that. Um, there's research going on. There's research studying it, but you know, long means long, right? Long COVID means you're it, the symptoms, the symptoms and some of the effects and uh, of getting COVID uh, what the long-term impact is. We're not that far out yet. So we don't know. Right. So was that, but one of the things that you saw the CDC, this is like when I realized that we've given up. I mean, this is when, you know, and then I saw this, this piece by Melody Schreiber saying, you know, America quits the fight against COVID. When you saw these new CDC guidelines come out, um, that's basically said, 
we're going to cut the quarantine. If you get COVID, you're going to cut the quarantine period from 10 days until five days, right? And with the caveat that um, if you get you're infected and then um, you're going to quarantine for five days and then you're okay to go back to work after that fifth day as long as you wear a tight-fitting mask, right? That's kind of what they're saying. But we're not going to test to see if you uh, – if you're still shedding or you're still contagious, right? We're not going to require the test and um, you can go back to work, right? And Chris Hayes had uh, Anthony Fauci on the other night um, and he asked him he, uh, versions of some of the questions that went through my mind immediately when I saw that. I was like, well, wh what's actually driving this decision, right? And like, you know, Fauci basically came out and said, he's like, you know, well, we have to balance a couple things. We don't want our society shutting down and, you know, the people, you know, these people got to go to work and we need to still keep our economy running. And you read between the lines and it's basically saying like, well, we've got a lot of people from the business community and some reporting has been coming out about this now. We've got people from the business community who have basically been saying like we can't afford to shut down. Like, for example, we can't afford to... Uh, stop the airlines right we need to basically get our flight attendants back in there they can, we can't afford to have them out for 10 days right yes exactly capitalism 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 is a death call and now they're actually got the high priestess of the republican party priests and priestess of the republican party right that are leading that death cult right um and and you've got kind of like i don't know what you would call the democrats in this context but you know I, I don't know, just kind of your 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 daily priests, right? I don't know, you know, if we put this this cult. Because it's like, you know, the Democrats have, you know, want to tackle COVID, right? And Biden says he wants to come in and tackle COVID. But when it came around down to it, is like they didn't even have the stomach for it, right? They didn't have the stomach for what it would take, like we see happening in some other countries, right? And when, you know, Fauci was asked about the testing, well, why isn't it that you uh, are not having, uh, you know, why is it that you're not requiring a test? It's like, well, because, you know, the effectiveness of the test, um, studies are beginning to show that the effectiveness of the tests um, starts to wane after about the fifth day because you're not shedding as much virus. So you're going to have, a, but you know, you read again, you read between the lines there. And what is the deal? Right. It, the, the effectiveness declines. It doesn't go to zero. Right. So, yes, there's still going to be a risk. But if you test, you're going to catch you're going to catch some. Right. There's an attempt, at least, to try to, like, be safe. And try to stop the virus. And then Chris Hayes asked him, you know, ask, you know, Fauci, that question is, you know, what is this actually based on? Is this based on you know, what's the science behind this? You know, and Fauci was like, well, you know, it was a judgment call. It, you know, it wasn't based upon the science. It was based upon all this other stuff. It was based upon business. About as Brian says, capitalism, the death cult of capitalism. Right? That's what that's what we got going on. And so I was like, you know, I was like, wow, this is like really, this is really it, right? So we're, we're just giving up. We're throwing in the towel. And like I said, you know, you got uh, Melody Schreiber coming in, basically, you know, giving us the blow by blow. We throw it in the towel. We're just going to kind of, we're going to go with it. And we're going to pretend it's okay. And I'll tell you, as a as a parent, as an individual, as, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going back to work soon too. And like, I, I was saying this to my brother-in-law the other day. I said, you know, I, I'm, I, I can't even say I'm anxious about it. I'm just like at the point where I'm like, what else can you do? 
I mean, other than the best, I mean, you got vaccinated, got boosted. You know, I wear a mask, you know, when I go in public places. Uh, we encourage our kids to do the right thing. But when you've got an entire community that it doesn't care. Right. I mean, I, you know, I live in, I live in an area where people haven't cared for a long time. I've mentioned this on the show. I go to my local supermarket. Right. Not just now, but I'm even right in the middle of Delta. You know, you're lucky if maybe a tenth of the people there have masks on. They don't care. We're in Trump country here. Right. Some people are just exhausted. But the students don't care. And they're like, well, I'm not worried about myself. But yeah, but what about everybody else? Well, I don't care. I don't care. And, you know, I, I, I hate being like a defeatist in that. But, you know, uh, it's pretty crazy. Emily just said, yes, and I knew they weren't committed to fighting this uh, COVID when uh, Jen Psaki smirked at Mara, uh, Mara Eliasson during the press conference when she's asked about free tests for everyone. As if you remember that, Mara Eliasson was basically saying, you know what, you know, like, what about the UK and some other countries where they have the free test? And she's like, and Jen Psaki's like, what are you, like, we're going to like mail everybody a free test? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. She's like, yeah, come on. Right. Then a few days later, of course, Biden comes along. Oh, we're going to we're thinking about getting everybody tests. But, you know, it was it was clear that it was just like it wasn't a plan because they didn't have they didn't have it set to go. wasn't ready to go. It was going to be weeks before they could actually even even pull that off. And by then you're talking about, you know, the 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 Omicron variant, you know, peaking and going beyond. So what are you going to do? Same thing as, I mean, at least I would say at my university, we were going to have, as we go back, they're still requiring masks coming in the fall, but they're not requiring tests or anything like that. You know, one of the things that they say um, that one of the issues was with the tests was not that what Fauci was saying about, you know, them, you know, not being, not being uh, as effective and all that. I mean, that's, you know, that's true, right? I mean, everything I've read about it to try to, you know, fact check that seems to be accurate. But the real reason was there's no tests available. There's not enough available. We didn't produce them enough. Remember that whole thing that everyone was trying to encourage Trump to kind of, you know, you know, use the war times power to produce this stuff like this and binding. So going, we're going to come in. We're going to do this. Yeah. Guess what? Nope. <laughs> they did for a short period of time, but they don't have the stomach to take on capitalism. Right. We don't want too much testing because then we'll know how many cases we actually have. And then we'll be able to attribute those deaths and those hospitalizations to the actual cause. Right. Crazy. So that's kind of like, you know, how our new year is starting in some ways. Right. Um, we also, uh, the other thing that is kind of big, there's the other great piece uh, that I don't know if people saw this. This came out on December 29th. It was an AP story. It got, got some decent coverage. It's called Slow Motion Insurrection, How the how GOP Seizes Election Power. And uh, this is kind of this right, you know, this piece right here. Um, this also, this, you know, came from the AP. It was published all over the country. And it really is an excellent piece of reporting on what's going on with American democracy, <laughs> right? Basically saying that, you know, look, that we're all set up for it once again. 
we're set up for this and we're in 2022 now, which you know what that means, that it is an election year. This is the year that the Democrats are poised to lose the House and potentially the Senate. Um, frankly, I'll, I'll put my, I'll, I'll say at this point, I, uh, I see it going to be a very, very difficult year for, uh, for uh, Democrats to hold on to the house. I, I don't see it happening, but you know, I could be wrong. That's where I'm at right now. The Senate, it's going to be really tight. Um, you've got the majority report earlier today. They just did a rundown of the Senate races. Just say, here's the ones you got to watch. There's 10 of them. Um, so um, check that out. I should have written them down, but I didn't. Um, but Pennsylvania, of course, is one of them because, you know, you got Toomey who's uh, retiring and you've got, um, you know, that seat's going to be up for grabs. And we're going to see. We're going to see what happens there. Um, there's Democrat Democratic senators who are defending their seats. There's Republicans who are coming in. There's open seats. So it's going to be all over the map. I know Ohio's another one of them um, for Brian out there. So that's kind of where we're at. And, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting year. You, you top that off. So you've got this, you know, you've got this really concrete way, this very methodical um, um, kind of legal agenda, right? Uh, legislative agenda, I should say, um, by the GOP um, in, uh, in state right kind of across across the country in, in the states right through basically the changing of election laws changing over who gets to count the votes uh, changing over um, who has the right to send forward electors um, all that kind of stuff is going on right now in the states um, and that's that slow motion insurrection um, that uh, Nicholas Riccardi wrote about for the AP and then you've got this uh, this report this just was all over the news this morning and uh, even yesterday, you heard some stuff about this. This was on uh, this new report that came out or this new, say, poll or whatever, the NPR Ipsos poll um, that finds out that 64 percent of Americans believe that U.S. democracy is in crisis and at risk of failing. Right now, I know you have people who sit in my seat, like people like me and people who have been kind of doing this kind of work for a while, been kind of saying, like, you know, trying to sound as best we can sound the alarm bells about how important it is that. You know, we pay attention to what's going on because these people are not going away. They're trying they're doing their best to have this, you know, as Riccardi says, slow motion insurrection. But what's remarkable about this poll. Right. Is that. The people who are most clearly convinced and mobilized about the crisis of U.S. democracy are not Democrats, are not those on the left, but Republicans. Right. This is the kind of the follow up of the big lie. Right. This is that next step. From there that that they've convinced. Right. They are convinced. A strong a, a majority of Republicans are convinced. That American democracy is a fail. So let me just read you this piece from NPR for just quickly. So an NPR Ipsos poll finds that 64% of Americans believe U.S. democracy is in crisis and at risk of failing. That sentiment is felt most acutely by Republicans. Two-thirds of GOP respondents agree with the verifiably false claim that, quote, voter fraud helped Joe Biden win the 2020 election, unquote. And that is a key pillar of the big lie that the election was stolen from former um, President Donald Trump. So two thirds of GOP respondents 
believe that voter fraud is what put Joe Biden in there, that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. That is not two-thirds of extremists. That is two-thirds of Republicans. That's crazy. Fewer than half of Republicans say they are willing to accept the results of the 2020 election, a number that has remained virtually unchanged since we asked the same question in January. So fewer than half Republicans say they are willing to accept the results. So that means less than half of Republicans say they're willing to accept the results of the 2020 election. Republicans, not right-wing extremists, QAnon believers, but Republicans. Okay? Quote, there is really a sort of dual reality through which partisans are approaching not only what happened a year ago on January 6th, but also generally with our presidential elections and our democracy, unquote, said Mallory Newell, vice president of Ipsos, which conducted the poll. Quote, it is Republicans that are driving this belief that there was major fraudulent voting and it changed the results of the election, Newell said. Nearly two-thirds of the poll respondents agree that U.S. democracy is more at risk now, now or, or, or more now than it was a year ago. Among Republicans, that number climbs to four in five, four out of five Republicans. Eighty percent of Republicans believe that it is at more at risk now for voter fraud and everything else. Overall, 70% of poll respondents agree that the country is in crisis and at risk of failing. That's where we're at, right? Seriously, that's where we're at. We are at the point where 70% of Americans believe the American, or, or at least people in polled, Democrats and Republicans believe that, or, or, that, um, that the American democracy is at risk of failing. There's also clear divisions over, you know, how people talk about what happened on January 6th, whether it was an insurrection, whether it was a riot, whether it might be goes on. Um, and while this is here's the other one I was looking for. Now, while a majority of Americans at this point still rule out political violence. Right. But a minority does not. So here it is. Quote, the poll also found that a majority of Republicans and Democrats alike reject political violence. Thank God for that, at least at this point. Uh, quote, in a way, it is reassuring to see that the system hasn't totally broken down, as they say. Right. But that's that's whatever. But more than one in five poll respondents say that violence is sometimes justified either to protect democracy or American cultural and values. Right. Republicans were slightly more likely than Democrats to agree that, quote, it is OK to engage in violence to protect American democracy. Thirty two percent of vote, Trump voters agreed compared to 22 percent of Biden voters. So you've got this around 20 percent, 25 percent kind of itching up there, basically saying that, no, you know what? Violence is going to be OK. This is deeply distressing. And it's like. There's there's moments like these, which I'm like, man. You know, I got into higher education because I thought how important, say, critical analysis was and how you know, critical consciousness was and how important it was here. And holy cow. Is that been inadequate? I mean, it's an indictment of so much right about our media infrastructure about our educational system of how we go about kind of um kind of training people to be kind of democratic citizenship that this is where we're at and of course what happens when we 
believe that we don't need to fight, that we just kind of can pretend that there's, everything is going to be bipartisan and that we have one political party, the Democrats, <clears throat> who refuse to fight for the advancement of a particular agenda. Instead, try to be every, you know, everything to everybody. <clears throat> While the other party, the Republicans, just care about sheer power and are willing to do whatever the hell it takes in order to get it. Ha <laughs> ha, 2022. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. <clears throat> so that's kind of where I'm at. But uh, here, here's some, so here's the fun stuff, however. What I have here tonight, I want to show you. So uh, this is this is what has got me through, in part. This is this is only coffee in here tonight. But uh, <clears throat> I just want to show this. This is my, a thank you to my brother, Ryan, who got me uh, the Dungeon Run coffee mug which is giving me uh, 24 ounces of sheer caffeinated pleasure. So there's that. <laughs> there's a, <clears throat> you had a decent holiday, kind of a, a, a slow holiday. Um, spent most of the media family. We did go up to see my folks. Uh, this is the other thing that was kind of really remarkable to see is, you know, my, uh, my folks live in New York. And when we left here, there's this, um, there was this rating that was kind of coming out. One of these apps I have on my phone where I'm saying, you know, what's your kind of risk level and for COVID and all this kind of stuff. And like Bucks County, where I'm at and, and the surrounding counties, Montgomery County, Burke County, Lehigh, Lehigh, Northampton, um, they were um, in the kind of like 90, 91, 93, 95 percent kind of risk, like high, high risk, you know, um, of contracting COVID. Whereas up in New York, in New York State, up in Utica, New York, it was 70 percent. Right. Um, so the risk was lower. And when you we went up there and we really didn't go very many places, but you drove by places. Um, a couple stopped in a drugstore at one point to see if they had any kind of covid test. Um, we uh, ordered out uh, food once, went in to pick it up. Right. Uh, with mask on. And I had to say, you go you look around there. Everybody had masks on. Right. Stopped and got gas. Everybody had masks on. On the way back, right, we stopped. Uh, uh, we stopped at one place. <clears throat> I don't remember what it was, but we had to. Uh, we dro drove by some place. Everybody had masks on, and then we uh, we had, had to stop for gas at one point, which is kind of in the the southern tier of New York, um, in a much more rural area, much more kind of Trump heavy area. Um, stopped at there was a little convenience store and a gas station there before you hit. Um, uh, down kind of Route 8 where it hits up eight, what's 80, whatever it is. Um, but anyways, you go there, very rural by Sydney, uh, New York, and you go in there and, you know, probably two-thirds of the people had their masks on in there. But there were some people that were kind of going in, right, you know, um, in and out with no masks on. We crossed the border. We, you know, we started talking about, so you know what, you know, these cases are going up and we can't find um, COVID tests anywhere. So we should maybe if we could stop someplace on the way um, to see if we can pick some up. Um, so we chose... We saw a CVS or CVS or Rite Aid. I don't remember what it was. In um, uh, God, I'm spacing the name of it, but it's like kind of, kind of just north of um, north of Scranton, right? Um, so we're gonna so okay. Look, it's on the way. It's right off here. We just kind of pop off the exit, stop it in there, walked in there, and that was on the Pennsylvania side of the borders. So we go in into Pennsylvania, um, go into the CVS. It was a CVS. Now it's coming back, and uh, we walk in there. Or I walk in there with my mask on to get there. I am the only one with a mask. 
And so I'm like, man, there you go. There's a difference between what happens when you have a state that is kind of legislating and is kind of like encouraging and mandating masks and kind of vaccination and things like this in a state that doesn't. Right. You could see the, the like the downstream consequences of that. It's pretty crazy. So. So, yes, yeah, so we came back and luckily we were uh, we came back and it was a couple of my neighbors uh, with covid um, again. People had done all the right things. Um, we're after a couple of days, we we're able to track down some covid tests. So now we got a stock of covid tests in our house. Um, and here we go. Um, there's more stories I could tell, but I just I, I don't want to tell them because uh, <laughs> I don't want to get anything that might. I don't know identify anybody you know what i mean so anyways what's going on with you all (laughs) i hate to put it like that but uh it's uh i i i'm i'm (coughs) i don't know where we're going so uh the good news is like i said at the beginning at the beginning of the show the good news is i guess that um uh, hopefully cyril and i are going to get back into the show um uh kind of more uh consistent basis now again um I've had some chance to kind of think about kind of some um, updates. I've been playing around with some new graphics. I've been, uh, uh, we're working on updating the webpage. Um, I've got some conversations kind of that I'm going to be having with some people in, the, in this coming kind of couple of weeks uh, before I have to go to um, back to back to campus um, about looking, kind of restarting some of the writing that we've been doing uh, that we used to do kind of quite a bit at, or, the, you know, almost exclusively for Raging Chicken, um, get some more folks that are uh, writing in, kind of making our, getting that webpage active again, and, um, you know, bring you to some more content on our Patreon page too. Um, for those of you who are patrons, you'll know that, you know, we had, uh, I did like one or two special shows. Um, we are, oh, Emily, thank you for saying that. Emily said, been thinking about your friend, Steve, and hope he's okay. If you remember Steve Oros, who was, uh, um, he's the guy who had the heart transplant. And then Kutztown was basically screwing over and trying to basically force him back to work when he was like significantly, you know, he's the most at risk you could be um, for COVID. Um, he, the the one thing I, I believe I mentioned this on the show, one of the shows before we uh, we went to we went to break um, was he uh, he won an initial court ruling that uh, that basically stayed. Kutztown University's decision to kind of basically get rid of him um, for the spring semester and basically prevented his 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 firing, which is a good thing. Now it's it, there's a long road ahead, right? But that was a major that was a major victory on Steve's part to basically make sure that he wasn't going to lose his health insurance um, now and that they were going to kind of kick him to the curb um, because they wouldn't give him an ADA accommodation. So that's good news. Uh, but reached out to Steve. We've been talking a little bit about, you know, some of the ways that maybe we can um, kind of uh, return to this. Um, invited him back to come back on the podcast. But, you know, he's in, he's in, involved with a legal case right now. So that's going to be up to a determination that he and his lawyers are going to have to make. Um, but I would love to have him back on this as a part of way of kind of documenting the story. Because, look, Steve's story is something that's personal and close to me. But his story, as he himself has said on this show, and he said to anybody who listened, his story is not just his story. Right. That he's fighting this fight. And he knows that there is hundreds and thousands of workers that are dealing with the same version, different versions of the same problem at their workplaces. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's like you know, all kudos to him for kind of basically willing to take up that fight and basically saying, yeah, you look, he's willing to fight it. 
knows that everybody can't, everybody, uh, you know, can or won't or could too concerned or whatever it might be. Um, but he's going to do this. So this is a, this is a good thing. So hopefully we're going to have him, um, back on the show if he can make it work out with his, uh, his lawyers and his court cases and things like this. Cause I'd like to give folks, um, an update of where things are on this show too, as well. So we've got that. So we, you know, like to do some more of that kind of stuff. And, uh, like I, I put out a couple of kind of short shows that were patrons only shows. We're going to do some more of those. Um, they're going to be patrons only content. They'll be kind of on a shorter little bits here, maybe kind of different reads of things in the media, single article stuff. Um, just as a way to kind of saying thank you for all those folks who are stepping up to, uh, kind of help support this show over at patreon.com slash RC press. Um, and uh, some of those shows that we do on Patreon, the, the, uh, Patreon um, will be uh, Patreon exclusives. They'll, they'll always remain just Patreon stuff. Some of those things uh, we will, you know, eventually kind of release um, to, for public a little bit later, so people get a first crack at it. Our patrons get a, you know, get to see it exclusively first before it goes um, public, like in a, weeks afterwards or something like that. So that's cool. Um, but I hope everybody here is doing okay. Like I said, I, uh, we almost didn't go tonight um, just because I, I didn't know what was going to happen with what the school day was going to look like, um, what the what the after effects were going to be, what my own mental health state was going to be in uh, after this day. Um, but, you know, uh, things are relatively stable at this point, which is good. So um, I definitely wanted to just come on and just wish Happy New Year um, to everybody. And, you know, thank everybody for all the support. And uh, it's great to see, you know, Emily and Brian jumping on tonight. Um, great to see folks. Um, and uh, I'll be letting you know, we, you know we're going to be returning. We had a list of people that we were going to have as guests uh, that were kind of were lining up. And we ran into a bunch of kind of scheduling stuff. Um, so those folks still want to come back on those. So we're looking, we're going to reach back up to them. I, you know, we basically left this. Okay, look, we'll see if we'll come back in the new year and see if we can reschedule them. We got some stuff on climate. Um, some climate change stuff that we want to be. Uh, we have some folks that are coming on. We've got some uh, some labor um, some labor folks uh, that uh, we want to have back on. Um, we're going to do some stuff on education. We're going to do more on that. We're going to follow what's happening on the Bucks County. Uh, obviously, the, you know all the school boards and school districts and stuff like that. We're going to see the political races that are going to start kind of heating up and. Um, so we might have some of these candidates on there too as well. Um, there's the high profile ones, which you all know at the Senate and the House and things like this. Um, we got also local races and some state house races that we might have some folks on to give some exposure to. Uh, we got like, for example, um, uh, well, I, I'll tell you that other days in the comment. I don't want to just kind of run possibilities out in front of everybody, but. Um, but there's some good folks that are running that are stepping up to run for state houses, uh, for state senate, um, in addition to um, you know um, the big chairs in D.C. So, so uh, that's what I got for tonight, everybody. Um, and I'm hoping that you are well, that your families are okay. Uh, Emily, I wish your best to your husband. I hope he's doing okay. Um, and um, thank goodness that uh, you know he's he was vaccinated at least. I just hope he's doing all right. Um, I hope those you with, uh, kids are, um, are hanging in there too, as well, both kind of emotionally and mentally, um, and that your kids are going to be okay in their schools. I know there's been a lot of teachers and administrators who've been absent because they've gotten COVID over, um, over the holiday season. Um, and, uh, I hope that we're going to find some spaces for joy in this year too, as well. Um, some joy and thankfulness and, um, and, and, and care, um, that I think that all of us could use uh, after, man, it's just really, it's been like a nonstop onslaught for the past, like, it seems like five years. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of 
to that space, uh, wherever it may come. So, um, and, yeah, and in the meantime is that, uh, oh, the other thing I should tell everybody too as well, we started, did, I did start, I mentioned this before, Rick, I did start some, uh, uh, some more D&D games with my, with my, with my kids, which was fun. Um, I've been toying around a little bit with, uh, you know, uh, getting a D&D game going with some kind of, you know, like regular adults <laughs> too as well, which would be fun. But, uh, you know, my, my hesitation has always been like, uh, I don't know where I'm going to find the time. Right. So there's that, but that's been a lot of fun. And that's been, uh, that was a little nice distraction. Um, with that, um, this Friday, we'll probably talk a little bit about some TV shows been watching. I don't know if anybody started watching as watched station 11 at all. I just watched the first episode of that. Loved it. Uh, I watched the, you know, the new season of the Witcher, watched the, the full season of, um, um, what do you call it? The wheel of time. Um, I've got, uh, a couple other ones here in the, uh, the, like in, in the hopper to watch like foundations. Another one we've been, I've been keep on saying i want to watch this and i haven't had a chance yet uh, but hopefully before the uh um before i have to go back to to camp so i'll be able to pick up on some of those so we'll probably talk a little about that on, on friday sean and i'll catch up on uh what kind of latest news out there's a lot happening in pennsylvania so please do tune in on on friday like right around me the 12 or the uh 10 45 11 ish area I wish we could nail that time down a little bit more, but Sean's got a call. He's on in the morning and that's it. You know, sometimes it goes long, sometimes it's short. So we never, we, we could never just pin down the, the exact time, but you know, in that 10 45, <laughs> 11 o'clock quarter of the clock time thing. So wishing you all a kind of a happy 2022, a happy new year. Uh, we'll wish for uh, the best weekend ahead. We'll keep up the fight, keep the struggles, support each other. And, uh, I, you know, I look forward to kind of another year, uh, kind of sitting in this chair, uh, kind of kind of growing our community, um, learning more about all you all um, and w kind of what you're facing in your neck of the woods. Um, and, you know, we'll, let's be here for each other. huh? So anyways, uh, we're going to go out on this one and um, I'm going to go back up and spend some time with my kids and getting ready for bed. We're trying to do early bedtimes this week. Um, make sure I got those, you know all the energy that they need to fight off that stuff. So anyways, anyways, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. I want to remind you can help support this show by heading over to patreon.com slash RC press. I wish you all, all the best and uh, look forward to, um, you know, another year doing this stuff. <laughs> here we go. All right, everybody. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. I'm out of here. See ya.